Southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Thank you for your downloads, participation on the Facebook page. And of course, this uh, is not only just all things blues and Southern rock episode for this week. We have got another outside the ballpark episode. And by we, I'm talking myself and my co-host and friend, Jason, what's going on, man. Hey, I am doing great. I am starting to get excited because we're very close to going to Nashville and hanging yeah. out at the rock and pod. Yeah, we are. I'm, you know, I'm, I know I'm like super excited, but I'm trying to stay grounded and then, you know, let the anticipation build closer to it. And then once I'm in the air, it's going to be cool. And once I get there, it's going to be really cool. And, and I, you know, I don't really know what to expect, but you know, we're going to do a little, uh, we're going to do a little chat with the two of us and uh, with David and Eden from state of America. And David's been there before and hopefully he can uh, give us a little uh, rundown on, you know, how it all goes down. Yeah, I mean, we'll have fun. We have a good good list of guests, and we'll release those a little closer to when we're going to Nashville. We're just waiting for all the times and everything to finalize, and then we'll, we'll tell you guys a little bit, maybe um, even ask you through social media a couple questions you may have for some of our guests. But it's going to be really cool, a group of people we're going to get a chance to speak to, at least scheduled. Uh, Brian, I'm hoping really that we're going to get a chance to speak to some other people that are there that are unscheduled because – we will have our mobile podcast equipment and it'll be open game for anybody who wants to come up to see us. That'll be great. Uh, th- that would be really great, you know, to get uh, some, uh, you know, friends that we've met, you know, through Nashville. Um, like I said, uh, other guests, you know, looking forward to talking to the guys in Tora Tora that's a little more closer to our ballpark. Yep. Uh, I really dug those guys when they first came out and, listen to some of their stuff since it came back and um, uh, definitely got a big uh, thumbs up anticipation for that. Yep. The way I'm getting, like I said, we've got a really good list of people we're going to speak to. Um, I think people are going to enjoy it and I can't wait to, to get a chance to, to talk to them. And then you're going to have a fun time editing, editing that episode because you're going to have a lot of clips and things to put together. Yes, I am. It'll <laughs> well, get let's, done. Talk, well, let's talk about our guest this week. And you, you mentioned it is an outside the ballpark episode. And once we get going into our conversation, I think it's a little bit closer, or a little bit more in the ballpark right. uh, than we actually um, expected. So um, we're speaking with Daisy Dead. We're speaking to Daisy Dead from the band The Dead Dead. They are a three piece rock band out of Nashville. Um, they've gone through some changes over the years. Um, they're getting ready to le- release a brand new album. And how I found out about them is they're getting ready to go support Candlebox on tour. And as you guys all know, we had Kevin Martin from Candlebox already on the podcast. So uh, that's related. And, you know, Brian, um, you you were new to that band and new to, to all of them. What did you think? 
well, like I messaged you earlier, I'm like on a dead, 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 dead's kick. <laughs> um, and I wanted to know more, like going in deeper, like when you, you just saw like the tour announcement for Candlebox, you saw the opening band because I got to mm-hmm. see who that is, get see what that's about. That's exactly what happened. I, I checked them out on Twitter. On Instagram and started following them a little bit, and you know they just released a music video um, from this upcoming album. It caught my attention because it looked super cool. Uh, the band has a really cool um, vibe or costume that they do. Has a dedicated fan base. The song was catchy, and I'm like, you know what? I really like them. Let's see if you like them, mm-hmm. and it would be a, a good opportunity to have outside the ballpark number two. You know, I think that's just kind of making us a little unique. That you know that we, we, you know, we dare to step outside our genre and, you know, it's something we're going to do from time to time, you know, like, Hey, this is a band that's just really good. And, you know, they are from the South and they have some of those same influences, you know, as always like, if you, uh, you know, you show me something, I'll be like a little bit apprehensive. And then I like check them out and it's like, heck yeah. And and (laughs) since then too, I mean, I've been watching, you know, different interviews with them and stuff and, very, very positive, very, very positive, very happy, very, uh, very confident. Yes, you can. You know, I've just been digging these interviews with those girls. And uh, I really, um, you know, Daisy, she's a bass player that I I can listen to and not be like, you know, I'll never be able to do that. And that's not to say that she's not great. But I mean, it's like if you, I don't know what guitar player you'd listen to, but but if, if I like, if I'm for whatever reason, if I'm hearing Primus, Primus song or something, it's kind of like when something is like, so like way outer space like that, it's, it's almost like, I mean, I still, they're a great band, but it, you know, I'm like, I can't connect with it in a way. It's just a lot. It's a lot of notes. And yeah. uh, Daisy plays very melodically within the song. That's what they're trying to do. You know, a lot of good melody, a lot of, a lot of good hooks. So it really wouldn't make a lot of sense to play a bunch of notes um with what they're doing and like they're just really like i think you nailed it very positive um good just a good rock band i think they were a little bit when they started heavier punk heavier metal you know they've toured with you'll hear hailstorm and seether and all these people and uh cory taylor from stone sour has actually done a duet with them but this new direction they're going is a lot more closer to the genre that we talk to on this podcast and again Candlebox is taking them out on tour too and you know Candlebox was was very close to what we're doing at the same time um and we were chatting too it's like you know I referenced another band that we talked to that uh was outside the ballpark Joyous Wolf Mm -hmm. and like Joyous Wolf Dead Deads I can't they can't be put into any one specific category yep especially as they're moving forward like you said like the earlier stuff kind of sounds like kind of more straightforward punk, but like this, you know, these new songs and the record that's about to come out soon is, is it's just, it's incredible. I mean, the amount yeah. of growth and just like, I can't put this in, and that's what's so cool about it. Like I can't, you know, I, <laughs> what did I say? I sent you a message saying that, you know, we got to have like a tour with Joyous Wolf and the Dead Deads. That would be fantastic. I, I mean, we know um, Nick's got such a good personality and a lot of energy on stage. I think it would, uh, uh, you know, lend itself really well. Oh, to it'd be a blast. Dead Deads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, definitely check it out. You know, of their, you know, like you said, you can't pin down their so- sound, but just in some instances, 
you know, it's almost like the it's almost like Foo Fighters with Cheryl Crow and lead vocals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I mean, know, they have horns in their music. There's a lot of good vocal medley, melodies um, and harmonies, and it's catchy. It's positive. It kind of sticks in your brain uh, quite a bit. And I'm happy that uh, we had Daisy on to talk about her band and the new album to to hopefully you know bring more people in, kind of like you and I have to become a Dead Dead's fan. Yeah, and before we uh, uh, let you guys go to listen to the chat here, you know, you're going to find out like a lot of other bands, they're very much a fan's band, and you're going to hear about their fan club, and uh, we'll elaborate on our response to that uh, after after this chat. So you guys are going to really enjoy this. This is our chat with uh, Daisy Dead from the Dead Deads. Welcome back to the guest segment of this special outside the ballpark episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Jason, tell the listeners, introduce our guest, please. Thanks, Brian. It is always my pleasure to introduce the guest to the show. This time, it's no different. Uh, We've got a special guest from Nashville. It's Daisy Dead from the band The Dead Deads. How you doing, Daisy? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for, uh, you know, responding on Instagram when some random blues and Southern rock <laughs> podcast <laughs> ask you questions. My pleasure. What's going on in Nashville? How's your weather? How's everything? We, we have the, the, a little bit of the haze, like from the, from the West I'm looking mm-hmm. outside. Um, yeah. So smoke had, haze. Yeah. So the sun is hazy and some beautiful <laughs> sunsets, but yeah, the air quality isn't great, but um, we just had an amazing night last night. We, I just played um, a it's grunge night where a bunch of musicians, you know, learn cover songs. And I got to play Foo Fighters, Monkey Wrench, and Whole Malibu. Um, and it was just so much fun. And yeah, so we're, we're back. Everything's, everybody's playing. And, and I think everybody, it seems like everybody's even like playing better. I feel like I'm playing better. And I feel like energy, right? I think that's what it is. Cause I can't, I definitely didn't spend quarantine, um, you know, woodshedding. I mean, I would sometimes pick it up, but there was also weeks that I didn't touch any instrument. Um, but yeah, it's all like, it's like riding a bike, but it also seems like I'm, I'm riding a bike, but like, a with fresh tires or something. <laughs> Where were you playing last night? at the basement east oh nice great venue Mm -hmm. yeah and it was packed i don't know if it was sold out but it was packed and so another cool thing and it might contribute to everybody performing so well is um a lot of times these nights and part of the magic of them is there's like they said there were 70 musicians performing um throughout the night with all the different covers and the personnel um and a lot of times those nights end up being it works out because if you have 70 people, well, like 50 of them, you know, well, some of them are, are going to be on stage. A lot of them are going to be out in the audience and some will be in the green room, plus their significant others or friends that they drug along. So it's all kind of, it's like a self-made audience, mm-hmm. but, um, and I've been to a few already in the last 
month or two. And it's like new people, strangers that we don't know that aren't associated with anyone in the band. (laughs) They're coming to these cover nights. And and so there's definitely pent up demand from the audience side for sure. Now, did you have anybody else from your (laughs) band playing with you or is it just you and other people you knew? It was just me and, and other people that we knew. I know that um, Metadead does sometimes do these, um, but she's she's gotten herself pretty busy with different stuff. Um, and McQueen, our drummer, she's down in Huntsville. Um, and she's she's tried, like, she'll be out there um, and, and be doing stuff, but she wasn't there last night. Well, you guys certainly have a lot of connections to good cities for uh, Southern rock and blues, even though you don't necessarily play that. I mean, Huntsville, great place. There's some good bands out of there, good venues. So yeah. you guys, while we may call you outside the ballpark, I think you're definitely within inside this gravitational pull of the music scene. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, we don't, it, we definitely wouldn't be considered southern rock or anything although all of us love that stuff and and definitely grew up on it so well you know <laughs> it's got to be influencing it somehow you're from the south and you're playing in a rock band so brian i mean that that qualifies right i believe so you are correct <laughs> so let's get right into that like how did you get into music and how does that then lead to being in bands and then how does that eventually lead to the formation of dead deads well um and I know you're talking with me, but I feel out on behalf of the other girls too. It's, it's very similar. We all started playing music when we were children, like um, almost like pre-memory. Like we have some memories of like seeing an instrument or seeing music and being like, I want to do that, but got started at like ages seven, eight, five, you know, like really early and then have played, I played um, piano and trumpet, like in school and really put it down after um, leaving high school. I got a keyboard and we kind of mess around with that sometimes, but um, then like, I guess it's been almost 10 years ago now, um, Meta, she was doing like singer songwriter kind of stuff. And um, she had booked herself a situation where she needed a bass player and like to do like a punk rock kind of thing, a one-off. And she just knew that I had done other stuff and was like, can you try to maybe play bass? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, but sure, I'll try. So I went to her rehearsal space and we started writing, you know, basically writing songs to my skill level, which was almost nothing to begin with um, and grew from there. (laughs) If that makes any sense. It was like I picked up the bass, it was like, dun, 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 dun. I think, right? Okay, how fast can you do that? I was like, dun, 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 dun. Like, okay, there we go. That's all And Brian, that's all it takes to play bass, right? You are absolutely correct. No, no, that's not true. For me. It is. It really is. I mean, I mean, you can take it as far, you can be Getty Lee, but you don't start as Getty Lee. And you certainly do not need to become Getty Lee and then get in a band and then start mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. start and grow with your band is well that's how I did it anyway um but yeah I, I it seems like a really a waste of time honestly to to sit back I know a lot of people do it and I understand why but to you know sit back and become excellent or wait until you become excellent before you perform you know you, you want to be able to perform the songs but they don't have to be super hard. You can mm-hmm. perform easy songs to start. Yeah. And then that's what better. I do. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you're hitting on a really good point here. And let, let me go back to one. I think 
for you to be able to pick up the bass is probably, well, not probably, it's because you were trained in other instruments, you understand yeah. musical theory and how the scales and everything run together. So yeah. that helps. And then your point about playing live, I think that's a critical thing as a musician. You can train and practice all you want, but until you go on stage with other people, you know, get the feel of the audience, learn how to learn how to like execute. It's like playing sports, right? You can practice, but until you get the game situation, you don't know what, what you're, you're made out of. So I think playing yeah. live is very critical early on. Yes, I agree. Both as a personal, like personally with your, with ones playing, but also when we write songs, um, we have some songs on our new record <laughs> coming out. But yeah, we have some songs that we have not performed that we simply wrote and then went into the studio. But that is very unusual for us. Almost everything we've ever done, we we write and over the course of a couple of sessions, and we're wanting to play it out immediately. Like at our next show, we're playing some, you know, a new song, um, and that gets that makes you that helps you to develop it to know like what what things are exciting. Um, do we want to extend that the bridge or something? You know, you start to polish it by performing it. Oh, absolutely, and it does make you a better player at the same time too, kind of mm -hmm. playing in that framework there's no do-overs you got to sort of every once in a while um improvise a bit if you need to and just kind of yeah. learn to play in those conditions mm -hmm. translates to the recording studio yeah yeah it really does and and e even just the confidence because when the, the songs i'm i'm thinking of that we just wrote and went in the studio we definitely practiced them and did pre-production you know like going through and really really trying to polish them and get them ready but it's still not this for me anyway the same level of comfort and like that I know for sure exactly what I want to play um because I performed it 40 times already and like this is how I like it um you know these are the parts I want to accent or whatever um whereas the other ones it's still there's still like some like how do I really want this do I want to add anything you know I'm still thinking there might be something more I want to do I don't know. Do you guys play live in the studio or do you guys do all your tracks differently? Oh, like all three of us at once. Yeah, you guys get in a room and play in or do you go in and track separately? We track separately, but we do it together. We watch each other do it. So we're okay. there together. Um, and there's some stuff like rough tracks or whatever to get like, yeah, there's there's some things that we will do together, but but a lot of stuff we're just, um, yeah, yeah one, one at a time. Because different bands do it different ways, too. There's plenty of bands that go in, they set up, they play together. They'll do a rough vocal track, you know, obviously go yeah. back and clean it up or or layer in if you're an instrumentalist, you know that. Or like you, people go in and, and do the tracks and, you know, mm -hmm. everybody does it separately and you go in. It's a lot of pressure to do it that way, I feel. Which way, together or separately? No, separately, because you're isolated in front of everybody. Yeah, that's true. It is true. Um, especially maybe for a bass player, because they maybe haven't ever really paid attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, <laughs> is that what you're doing there? Okay. <laughs> well, before we get into your new album a little bit and kind of talk about when it's coming out, everything about it, um, you kind of got up to the point of you meeting with Metadad, who's your guitar player and lead vocalist at this yeah. point. Uh, you have a third person. You guys are a trio, McQueen. How did you get McQueen in the band or how did really the dead the dead deads really get get started um well those are two different answers but so we the how the dead deads got started is really sort of an offshoot of, of the thing that got me started playing bass um we had a good time uh, that band was called we called it prim um and we did play one other time um with those songs and then the 
the drummer of that was a trio and that drummer got a gig with the wild feathers and then oh, they, wow. they started wow. touring yeah. y'all know yeah, yeah. Oh, i know the wild feathers yeah come on okay, we're southern so, rock and blues okay. podcast of course right, yeah so ben um ben jarvis uh uh Doom, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm calling him nicknames now. Anyway, he was our drummer, the drummer of Prim, um, with me and Meta. And then he they got to touring. So we wanted to keep doing it. And then we found a drummer that uh, Meta was actually doing her hair and was like, hey, you're a drummer or whatever. And so then we started doing that. And then her <clears throat> roommate came along and she played guitar. So we brought her downstairs and had her doing it and then met a sister moved back to town <laughs> and she was on keys and so that was sort of the genesis we we got together and we did it um again just a one-off we're just it's kind of like in nashville um this is uh, like the, people ask a lot like especially because it was all girls mm -hmm. like how do you guys do this or what what brought you guys together here in town there's lots of girl bands and lots of girl musicians and it just it's the same as like, you know, where ladies will get together and like scrapbook together or something <laughs> here in Nashville. It's like, if you've got the gear, you know, you can just go and jam together. So that's what we were doing. So then we got a gig uh, as a doing um, a set of dead milkmen cover songs. I, I read about that on the internet. I'm very curious. Keep going. Yeah. And so then we decided we would be the dead milk maids and we worked up like five or six dead milkman songs. Some of the other bands did like, um, there was a misfit cover band that night. It was a Halloween gig. Yeah. Um, that's a good Halloween band right there. Right. I mean, yes. On. Yeah. And so to be, so we got the beer wench outfits for the milkmaid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to be dead, we were like, how are we going to do it? And then I came up with a brilliant, lazy idea of just putting X's over our eyes. And it was so easy and it's cute. Um, and hide some sins if you're like <laughs> tired or whatever. <laughs> it's like suddenly like all your wrinkles or brown or like wet circles around your eyes. You don't notice them as much. Um, and so we wanted to keep being dead something. Um, and then we just landed on Dead Deads. So Dead Milkman cover band. How many Dead Milkman cover bands in the world do you think there's actually been? I don't know. I've never looked. But I know <laughs> there's at least one because um, Meta sent me maybe over quarantine, but it's been a little while. She sent me something she found. They may have called themselves the Dead Milkmaids or something very yeah. similar that are doing it and their origin story was very similar to ours. It was really eerie. Um, and so I know there's at least one, <laughs> but yeah. Then you had asked about McQueen. So we've, we've had some lineup changes and stuff and our, our drummer, she's friends with, I'm sure you're familiar with Jason Isbell. Of course. Mm -hmm. um, I saw him with the drive-by truckers years ago, opening for the Black Rose, my yeah. favorite band. So his keyboard player, um, Derry, he lives in the building that I live in. And so we were just talking about like, you know, need probably needing a new drummer or whatever. And she was like, and he was like, my friend really wants to play rock and roll. Um, and would love to, you know, like try her out. And so we sent her, we reached out, sent her a few of our songs and did a rehearsal and wrote a song together. Nice. <laughs> she was there. So yeah, the chemistry was there. She's like the coolest. Um, yeah, she and her wife and her little baby, like they're just Aww. the coolest people. You, there's no, they're the cool, they really are the coolest people. Like you can't be more cool than them. 
So I got about like a three part question here. Like, so how long did it take or how quickly did it take to where you guys were out playing live? And then once you got into the, how long until you get to the studio for the first record? And then before we get to the new record, if you could just kind of like take us through the first, first, uh, how many before this one? Oh, um, let me take see. us through your records. I want to give you have like the website up. You might be able to tell me better than <laughs> I do have um, the website website up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and plus the years just end up flying by. Um, yeah. But so Dead Milkman and then we were the that was a Halloween. And then I know we were the Dead Deads. I think it was on Meta's birthday, um, which is end of March. And um we debuted in chattanooga um and so you guys were all tennessee nashville located kind of when the band was made yeah we were all living in nashville at that exact time um and yeah but, but meta was like from chattanooga and had done a lot of stuff like she'd kind of well known and was able to just get a gig like we mm -hmm. didn't she didn't have to convince anybody she's like this is my new project and they were like cool we're down um and so at uh, jj's in chattanooga so that was like April of, or end of March of whatever year that was. And then the following fall, so like six months later, um, we go on tour with Hailstorm. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy jump because Lizzie Hale and Hailstorm have a really good following, well-deserved too. Yes. Yeah. So she had met Lizzie on, and Joe on a plane um, and they just struck up a conversation, which neither of them ever normally do, but they just, same thing. They both just kind of look cool. And so they started talking we're like musicians, blah, 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 to exchange numbers, became friends. And then they came out to see us play. And, and then, you know, they had a hole in their, um, bill, uh, for their tour, um, that like November and December and asked if we would do it. And all of us had day jobs. Um, and so I don't know if they really thought we were going to say yes, but then we all just sort of were like, yeah, we got the vacation. We can do this. <laughs> so, so that was the first time we got in the studio because we needed to have a CD to sell for sale mm -hmm. at Merch. So that got us in the studio and that recording we did, we, we did record all in a room together. Um, and the meta did the vocals separately, um, later, I think maybe not maybe no, no. Yeah. She had, she definitely did the, the vocals separately, but yeah otherwise we all just played in the room together um and that was called rainbow and we still love that record mm -hmm. and it we we did well at hailstorms fan base really took to us they liked us and we just kind of kept going from there i don't know what <laughs> <laughs> and then like a year later we we kept doing stuff um a year later then we were like on the motorboat um, like in like at the end of October the following year and then like three months later we got on Shiprocked um, and then from there we got on another tour with POD um, and that's when we started dropping out of our day jobs because mm -hmm. we it was be like some touring stuff is sure, sure. keep happening and um, so that's when we started really being like okay well this is our main job um, and then for, I think that summer we then went into the studio with Paige Hamilton of Helmet mm -hmm. recorded for your obliteration um and which has a bunch of cool songs on it and that was really cool so we we did it in in two different studios one in LA 
yeah, that was at the end of that POD tour because it ended in LA and we recorded songs and then we did the back half of it at a studio that doesn't exist anymore here out in Jolton, Tennessee. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then we, we did a bunch of stuff. We then got on tour with Bush and Chevelle. Um, you had and, some really heavy hitters right out of the gates. That's some pretty yeah, impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's really crazy that, and, but we've, you know, rise to the occasion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. And, I mean, people keep asking to go out and, and take mm -hmm. part of these things. Yeah. Like your newest tour you're getting ready to go on, which we'll talk that's about. Right. And that's how I found out about you guys, because the, the lead singer of that tour, that band you're going on tour with is on this podcast. Yes, Mr. Kevin. Um, Mr. Kevin Martin, yes. So yeah, so that just dropped out of the sky. Some of these other things, like I mentioned, um, like with Hailstorm, it was like kind of made friends with them. Uh-oh. Uh uh -oh, <laughs> You're getting a phone call. <laughs> I, no, I was getting a, um, for my day job, I was getting a clock out. Don't forget to clock out. <laughs> well, you know what? We can pause. We can always edit stuff. <laughs> so sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, Oh yeah, Candlebox. So all like most of the other tours, it's been it, like in Hailstorm has taken us back out again. And so Sour has taken us out. We played one show with them and then took us out with Hailstorm actually at the same time. But it's, it's kind of been relationship based. Um, even with Bush, um, Paige had worked with Gavin on his solo record. So mm -hmm. he kind of put in a good word. And so we had, it was kind of a networking situation. Um, but Candlebox... And I asked around, I'm like, who do we know? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> and they picked us <laughs> out of the many bands that, you know, wanted to be on the tour. Um, and that just happened recently. And it's very exciting. We're gearing up. We're rehearsing this weekend and um, getting our stuff together, deciding what our T-shirt designs are going to be. And it's going to be awesome. Oh, hell yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So let's let's lead up to your new album and then we'll talk about the tour a little bit so the new album is called tell the girls it's all right which is yeah. funny because candlebox has a really good song called it's all right but tell the, <laughs> tell your girls it's all right it comes out on august 20th what can you tell us about this album this album um we are very excited it's it's a lot of like a it, we we definitely wanted to make it um everything we ever wanted to do as far as like multiple instruments multiple layers um did you break out oh, your trumpet i did break out my trumpet um there's some more brass there's a lot more brass than what i did there's so i did some stuff i'm like a b-ball player trumpet player i'm not amazing i'm not like a take the super high note or anything like that so i'm doing the basic stuff um but yeah, it was really cool. There's a song and we'll see if we end up performing it, but where I, I, and we wrote it so that I could play trumpet and play bass kind of at the same time, just wow. like this playing on open strings Yeah, um, and with the one hand and then trumpet on the other. <laughs> what's, what's the name of that song? <laughs> Which one is that? Is that Thinkers and Pray? I, is it, or CBs? I don't, I, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm bad about knowing which song is which. We were rehearsing uh, two weekends ago and we had a whole set list. And I get those two mixed up. They're the first two songs on the record. Um, and they both have a lot. Of, they both open and end. They both are just so powerful. So anyway, I, I just had in my head like, oh yeah, I got to get that trumpet thing going again. We're like trumpet and bass. So I worked that one up. And then I realized like when I got to rehearsal that that was not the one that... <laughs> 
we said, which I was kind of relieved. I was like, I'm not 100% on this yet, guys. <laughs> and I was like, well, you don't need to be because we're not playing that song. <laughs> Um, so about the record, there's, there's some songs, there's some familiar songs. There's a few songs that we've played that we actually have released, um, as on our live record that we did a couple of Halloweens ago. Yep. Um, um, and, and, uh, but yeah, some songs that nobody's ever heard. Um, and so we're excited about that. We, we really wanted to protect that, especially once COVID hit and we knew we weren't going to be able to release it when we wanted to, which was like. March or April of 2020, um, then it was like, well, okay, we're going to need to do like drop a single here, drop a single there, you know, um, and we really wanted to hold back as much as possible. We wanted to give, you know, have some fresh stuff out, but we didn't want to ruin all the surprises. Well, you wanted to keep your fan base engaged and know things are coming and not sort of forget about you because it's, I mean, it's hard. Everybody's put their lives on, on hold for a year and a half or so with all this it's it's tough yeah. being a musician yeah it's so tough <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you know this last year and a half or so when you couldn't tour and you couldn't you know get out there yeah yeah uh, the newest single that on Spotify first tooth I was saying to Jason it's like maybe they're not so far out of the ballpark if I remember I just listened to it and it just had more it's a little bit hell. different from the earlier stuff yeah, it is. It's got like a little more groove and more funkiness to it. Definitely. Yeah, that kind of ended up, well, I guess that's how it always is, but informing the music video, which we had so much fun. Um, and you dropped that two like, weeks ago, I remember on social media, or so, two or three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, and it was, it, that place was, is just pimped out. It was so awesome. Just all the velvet and all the interiors. And they had this airstream out back that just is all pink on the inside, everything. And it's just, it was a dream come true. We had so much fun. <laughs> where did you shoot that video? I mean, where were you? It's in East Nashville. Uh, it's okay. a, just an Airbnb that somebody was like, we're going to, we're going to rent this out to people that want to do cool stuff. <laughs> nice. Smart. Yeah. Um, so with this new album, it's your first really is a trio at this point, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and kind of going what Brian was saying, hey, it's a little bit more groove, a little bit more funk. I won't say poppy. I would say it's a little bit more hooky. Yeah. Considered to your previous stuff when you had probably a little bit more of that 90s grunge or even a metal, uh, metal, metal punk influence. Right. So yeah. is this new? Is it, I mean, is that single very much like what this album's going to be like? Uh, it's hard to say, um, but no, it's not all like that. I can okay. tell you that. We definitely still have like some some metal and some grunge and punk. You're and melting stuff. some faces. Yeah, we're definitely melting some faces. So you don't have to worry about that. But we also did like some, we did a acoustic, um, acoustic-ish um, where it's like no drums basically and just kind of some vocals and a little guitar um, where Meta shows off her finger picking skills. Um and uh, that's very Nashville. That's very kind of Southern rock country. Yeah. Well, did you have you heard our song Murder Ballad? Yes. Is that the one with Corey Taylor? Yeah. It's with yes. Corey Taylor. Um, that is that's good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, um, that that's got a Southern that's that's definitely a Southern thing. Um, and that dude can sing too. like, I mean, he's really a good vocalist. You know what he does in his normal gig is a little bit different, but like he's really got nice vocals. Oh yeah, he's known as like having one of the biggest ranges. Yeah, for sure. Out there. I was impressed. Yeah, he's amazing uh, and and very cool. He's got so much energy. You can just like 
be around him and just you know, absorb all of it. It's he's he's great. Um, but that is a, a it's called Murder Ballad Two actually, and that's a reprise or reprise of um, a song on For Your Obliteration called Just Murder Ballad, who we wrote with Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick. Nice. Um, and that also has a little bit of a kind of a country tinge. And as we were writing it, um, decided to do it into a murder ballad because it was so sweet. It's such a, the, the guitar riffs are just really sweet and beautiful. And so to balance that. Sweet and beautiful, beautiful about killing somebody. <laughs> we had to make a murder ballad out of it. And that was Corey's favorite song from that record. Um, and so then when we were working on on developing the new record, we were writing songs and stuff, and we were wanting to do some callbacks to earlier stuff, kind of for some Easter eggs for Dead Core to like tie some things together. And thinking about doing a second murder ballad, and ask Corey if he wanted to help co-write, and he did. And he ended up, in addition to co-writing, he then lent his voice to it, and then also, you know, was in our video. So, yeah. Not too shabby. So we have that kind of a song and we have um we have a bunch of different kinds of songs all it's it's all over the place as always which is how we like it you mentioned tom peterson from cheap trick and i was going to ask you you know you've got these compliments from lizzie hale and from Corey taylor but the, you know you get compliments from him and then paul stanley from kiss too you know yeah. uh you guys were on the kiss cruise and can you put into words what it's like to have like him and tom peterson you know, give you guys compliments and then you're writing a song with Tom and it's surreal. It really is. It's surreal. I guess maybe I just like dissociate or something. I'm like, it, it, it is surreal. Um, and, but, but, you know, such a blessing and I just feel so lucky and, and grateful. And, and one thing, um, that we learned that I learned early on, at least in the rock world, like almost everybody's cool as hell, um, down to earth. And they just, you know, they want to, they, they're very supportive and encouraging and it's really cool. Yeah. Like on Kiss Cruise, um, speaking of tours and, and relationships, the darkness was on the Kiss Cruise with us and we made really quick friends with them. They were like, their rooms are right near ours. And we just, oh my God. yeah. And just, you know, kind of same sense of, of humor and stuff like that. So, um, we got along great. And then, they were just like, we're taking you on tour and they were going to take us on tour. And then that got canceled. And then COVID. COVID, I did see that. I would have probably <laughs> seen you guys on that because I know the darkness gets a lot of shit. I love the darkness. I oh, don't care so who knows it. They're talented. Oh. They play guitar rock. They're funny. Insanely shit. good. They've Insane. literally put on some of the best live shows I've seen. Like it, you know, the, they are so crazy you know headstands and riding on roadie's shoulders and playing guitar solos in the crowd it's just a fun experience he's so justin is so good that i forgot that he even played guitar because he's doing so many other things there i said something really dumb to him early on that i was just like oh like i've done this to way too often like oh you play guitar <laughs> like yes but like seeing him and just he he's larger than life and I, it's like i don't even see the guitar someone else seems to be doing the guitar and it's so effortless for him he could be hanging upside down oh, or it's like could shred it's like the guitar is playing itself i guess is yeah. what it's like it doesn't seem like he's doing it it's so effortless for him it seems so yeah brian's probably over there vomiting right now but i i don't care. i like the darkness yeah no, i like, I like him okay I'm not a huge fan but 
if you ever get the chance to see them live, it is a fun show. Like it is yes. a lot of energy. They they do put on a good show. It's a good time. It's Speaking. the you know the love of music. It, it's there. You know. Speaking of other of guitar players, like Jason had told me, uh, you know, you're friends with Tyler Bryant. Can you give yeah, you guys a shout out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from. Um, well, he's here in town. I don't know where he's from from, but yeah, he lives here Texas. in town. Um, Okay. Yeah. He's, he's been here for a little while anyway. Um, and we've like kind of crossed paths, but then we were on kiss cruise together and there was a, I'll, I'll tell a story on him, but it's a funny one. Um, he finally like, uh, confessed that he sort of hated us for a little while. Cause <laughs> the, the rocks radio station in town, I think they had done something on Twitter or some kind of voting thing. And they pitted the two of us against each other and we oh. won. And he was like, to hell with those girls or whatever <laughs> yeah but that's not fair you put like music yeah. side you put you know three women on like it's you know there's an advantage yeah. to that no and he's got to do some really amazing tours and stuff Radio too i think they were out dudes guns listening. and freaking roses i mean in aerosmith yeah. and acdc we we had yeah. tyler i think i told you we had tyler tyler on the podcast that's like the second podcast i was ever on with okay like oh my god you're throwing me to the wolves <laughs> right away but He's a good dude, super nice. And then this super past nice. weekend, yeah. I just saw him play in Ohio, and uh, with another band, the Georgia Thunderbolts, that we've kind of kind of nice. adopted. Um, good dudes, good dudes. Um, anyway, ran into Tyler. I said, "Hey, I'm Jason from All Things Blues and Southern." He's like, "I spoke to you, right?" And I'm like, "Yep." And he's like, "Hey, how you know, just a really yeah. good dude." We had a nice conversation, and like, you know, he can play the hell out of a guitar. It was a great. Oh my god, that was a great show. High energy. Yeah. He is, yeah, uh, he's another kind of just phenomenal player. So, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, um, everybody was real. I mean, everybody was really, 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 really freaking good. Like a mm -hmm. good band. I know it's mm -hmm. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, but he gave everybody else plenty of time to shine and have their, it, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It's nice to know that he's a good person at the same time, too. It makes your yeah. room more. Yeah, in the end, he was wearing Dead Dead's glasses with X's on. So, like, we're all good. <laughs> See, so again, Brian, not so much out of the ballpark. We've got our no. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown and everybody else in the Nashville thing. Next thing you know, you'll probably be recording with Cheryl Crow there in Nashville. <laughs> you never know with our with all this stuff Every, we've done. Yeah, everybody else in Nashville is glommed on to you guys. Why not her? <laughs> Meta's tone of voice kind of reminded me of her on the new single. Yeah. Yeah, she does have, I mean, she, Meta's got a lot of different tones. That's, that's one thing that's really cool. She's got a great voice and can kind of do a lot of different stuff, including growls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Was she doing singer songwriting stuff and like Chattanooga, like more acoustic stuff or is she in another band? More acoustic stuff. She's been that's in other, thought. other bands too, but I think mostly, especially in the, in more recent, like prior to like seven or eight years ago yeah it was mostly that's what she was doing was kind of americana singer songwriter stuff for sure but you know what that's also good too because you guys have all these variants influences and likes so when you put an album together like this you know each song is a little bit different they don't all sound the yeah. same they're not in the same genre and to somebody like me that makes it really interesting when you listen to and it really ex enjoyable experience because you have all these different flavors yeah yeah i mean we all have we we're all all have eclectic music tastes and and that's where it comes out people ask us a lot like you know where what were your influences or what were you thinking and i mean sometimes there's some intentional stuff sure. um if we're inspired like i just played 
and learned and, and performed and had a blast playing a Foo Fighters song last night here in town. Um, and so, you know, and we're going to rehearse. I don't think we're going to song write, but we might. And I might be like, you know what? I just really enjoyed playing this Foo Fighters stuff. Let's write a Foo Fighters And that's song. a fast song too. It's really fast. Yeah, it was. Monkey really- Ranch, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but what ends up happening nine times out of 10, even if we do have an intention like that, like, yeah, let's do a Foo Fighters song. It'll turn into something. It'll turn into some other thing by the end, by the time we develop it. I know we wrote a song that it was like starting off. Uh, there's a song by The Gossip. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. It's like some standing in the way of control, I think maybe is the title, but it's like, there's a part in the song where they just keep, they just keep, she's like, standing in the way of control. Yeah. And she kind of, they keep at that for a little longer than you kind of expect. It's not just eight beats or 16. It's like maybe, yeah, it's just a little extra and it's, gives you that energy. And I wanted to do something like that. And we, we were going to do that. And then we ended up doing a whole other thing which is also awesome (laughs) as it happens with songs and music and performing and writing yeah so that kind of thing those kind of cues or ideas are really just to get us moving to get our fingers moving get our brains moving and then once we start playing together we'll hit on something else and be like no that's what that's the direction we really are feeling that's cool too because that's when you get those organic creations of songs like my band just warming up or screwing around or somebody's taking a bio break or something somebody will play a little bit riff and then you know and we'll just keep doing on somebody coming mm-hmm. in like oh, i'll keep playing that and we'll start building on stuff and then yeah you know our singer or one of our singers will start like humming melody yeah. and like mm-hmm. you know and like and usually that's when some of our best songs come out yeah yeah agreed that's that's pretty much how we how we song right yeah i mean I, it's, it's like a band mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's so much fun. It's miraculous. So going <laughs> like, back to there oh, wasn't sorry, go a ahead. song there before, and now there is a song. <laughs> I want to ask you, like, with, what's your take on the vibe in Nashville? You know, we have, we've heard like it's such a like a corporate songwriters town, but for the way it kind of sounds like you're saying there's like a lot of camaraderie and there's a room for everybody to play because I people say, oh, you can't walk five ten feet without bumping into another musician. So what's it been like yeah. for you there for you guys? it's been just like that. Like you can't, it's, there's such a community. Again, I just played last night at this thing called grunge night. Um, but there's fortunately a lot of these, um, I've done an, it's called industrial night, um, that one of the dead core members started Bella dead. Um, and that's been really successful. So it's where 40 to 70 to hundred musicians are, are build, um, and learn, you know, a, a theme of a song. So it'll be nineties night or grunge night or industrial music, or sometimes particularly there, we did a Chris Cornell tribute, um, oh, nice. as one. and there's just some, there's one called loud jams and rare hairs. I'm just throwing out names here, but like where, where they play all kinds of random stuff. Um, and a lot of it is just, it, there's some networking and it's to keep our chops up or opportunity to grow. Um, I know for me anyway, <clears throat> I've definitely grown and learned a ton just from that, but we all support each other. You get to know each other. You start following each other on Instagram and then, you know, go to each other's shows. Or if you need somebody, if you have a reference, you know, you start 
mingling and mixing it's it's all very supportive everybody's just proud of each other good. and, and want to see each other do well yeah nice. and it feels like now at post quarantine which we've been maybe two months into like mm -hmm. a lot of shows and it feels like even more than ever like there's even more energy mm -hmm. than there was before cool yeah it's awesome it's awesome here <laughs> <laughs> well there's a heck of a lot of good music coming out there and you know different styles of music yeah. Brian and I are going um, August 6th and 7th for Rock and Pod convention. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You're it's a convention of podcasters, and there's like a bunch of different artists are going to be there, and you get to kind of sign up for We've got some musicians, some original MTV VJs that are going to sit and talk with us and other people. So, nice. it's a cool. I mean, I'm excited to go back. I live about six hours, so, you know, not bad for me, but Brian's got to fly in there. Yeah. BNA is good. It's a, we have a nice airport here. <laughs> you, yeah you do and it takes southwest flights so there's a direct flight from columbus but like I, you know i'm bringing all the recording equipment and stuff so oh, I'm driving. Yeah. it just makes it a lot easier i don't want to yeah that. agreed uh, yeah that makes sense that's what i would do so going back to your um tell the girls it's all right album tell your your girls not the girls tell mm -hmm. your girls it's all right how many tracks are going to be on the album We've done 11 tracks on the other ones, but I think it's 12 now. When we were talking about earlier, I was like, wait, is 11 or 12, 11 or 12? And now I've just, I can't remember. Um, oh, actually, and I can, I can look, I'll tell you in just a second. Um, but so there's either 11 or 12. And then there's actually four songs, uh, four, four, four. So it's 12. Okay. Um, there's four more songs uh, that's only going to be on our vinyl that just, it, the record ended up being too long like as far as for one sitting we wanted it to be one of those kind of records like as mm -hmm. an album where you you know want to listen to it front to back and just start it right back over as soon as it ends um and so the 16 songs was just it just was too much um it's all awesome we didn't want to <laughs> kill them so we put them on just the vinyl exclusive it's on the side d so you have to get the vinyl to get to hear them but um does that answer your question or did I just Yeah, no, no, it, it does. It does. And where did you guys record? We recorded at the Sound Kitchen um, uh, down in like Cool Springs area um, with Matt Mahaffey. Um, and that place is really great. Um, it, they have this big room that has just a beautiful reverb um, that we ended up using to do some choir vocals on a song. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys perfect. do harmonize very well. Yeah, we did harmonies and then we've layered. So it's, there was only, so Matt actually sang with us. So the darkness um, is rubbing off on you guys. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, and then we, we brought a couple other people in um, who just were available that day at the last sure. second and and we sang sort of like one layer of harmonies and then we all sang the next layer of harmonies and the next and built it out and it's just glorious so yeah and what we was, can pre go ahead brian sorry I just, what was the name of that studio again down kitchen down kitchen yeah down kitchen so we are able to pre-order right now your album through the website where else That's can right. we just the I website or anywhere else? It's a pre-ordering. Actually, maybe by the time this airs, you can't pre-order anymore. It's stopping. Oh, yeah. July 23rd. Is that today? Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Today's the 22nd for everybody. We're, we're ruining the magic of podcasting. but that's We're going to cut off that because because we got to get them ready um, and, yep. and get them prepped and, and out. So 
So we're cutting them off. And I think they almost all sold out like the, or the limited edition, I think is maybe sold out or really close. Um, so yeah, but then you can, you can pre-save like digitally, you can continue like pre-saving right. and stuff like that on the Spotify, Google play, whatever you use. And you do have some pre-sale bundles, clothes, all sorts of things. So what, yeah. what are we able to get? Uh, hoodies and, and a lot of goodies and stuff. <laughs> Which is good. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think should you're know, right. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not shopping on there. So <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what it looks like. There are the, merch bundles, CDs, yeah, vinyl, bundle. sweatshirts, t-shirts. I yes. Put, yes. I will help oh, you yeah, sell. Like post posters and we've yes. signed we've signed uh, a bunch of the records i think at least the limited edition we've signed and um yeah gotta go look decide for yourself and we have other merch too aside from the bundles but yeah when you're a band too that i think i mean you do a lot, good promotion you got the stage presence you got the the names kind of the the whole i don't call them costumes i'll call them outfits or you know you got definitely it it goes well to your merch and your promotional stuff yeah it's funny i have a funny story i'll tell you um because it, it sounded like you were dancing around the word gimmick <laughs> no not at all no gimmick it's okay no gimmick <laughs> but um a, a shiprock a rock and roll story um we were on shiprocks um with when five finger death punch was there mm -hmm. if you've heard of them of course. Uh, uh five finger death punch so i guess i've kind of i've already that's the punchline but anyway so they were on there and um I was getting, we had gotten off on, on some, gotten off the boat in Mexico um, to look at the beach or whatever. And we're getting back on there and um, a guy with red hair, mohawk kind of situation was like, oh, the exes, like, yeah, that's a cool gimmick. And then his friend was like, don't call it a gimmick. That's rude. Um, and he was like, what? Our band has a gimmick. Um, and I, and you have a look, I, a style. Yeah. Well, he, and then just his, his mentioning of his band, I immediately was like, oh, what's the name of your band? And I was going to try to encourage him <laughs> like as though he had just like a little local bar band. And turns out it was Five Finger Death Punch dudes. Um, and all the other people in behind us on the line were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> you didn't know who you were talking to. So you I have a that. pattern of like, you I know, do. insulting musicians. Accidentally <laughs> insulting them by, yeah, by being like, oh, you're a little band. That's great. It's See, great now you have a, music, now you do it? have a gimmick. That's your gimmick. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally insulting. It's awful. I don't mean to do it. I just, but because I am like that with people, anybody that picks up an instrument and gets out there, it sure. is hard. And there's lots of reasons why you want to stop depending on like, it's just not meeting your expectations. You're losing money. Um, yeah, because this is yeah. not a money-making thing and not and anymore. Afford it. You don't have the time. Life gets in the way health. I mean, there's like a million reasons why people stop playing. And so um, people do this for us at the merch table. They're always like, keep going <laughs> almost scarily, like, like a gypsy or some keep going. <laughs> um, so I try to pass that on too. And but sometimes it backfires. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, I wouldn't use gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> gimmick to me says that you guys aren't talented, and that's clearly not the case. Yeah. You, you're you're really good at musicians. Obviously, you've got a lot of professional musicians who like you guys and bring you on tour. So, gimmick yeah. would mean we're doing this to 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 show we don't have talent. 
Yeah, I don't take any offense to it. It's fine. It is somewhat of a gimmick. Um, at least the exits were dead. I mean, the name of the band and it, the music itself isn't necessarily driven by all that. But, but it's cool for your merch. And that's kind of where we're going yeah. to is you got really nice stuff because you sort of have this stage presence or, you know, outfits or whatever. And it really lends well to, to, to sell stuff like, you know, the shirts or sweatshirts. Yeah. And it's funny. We also didn't mean to do this, but it comes up from time to time. People meant like bring up like the double X chromosomes or girls, you know? Like, oh, you know, I didn't even put that together. That's pretty cool. I forget. And then every every now and then somebody's like, oh, is it because of the chromosomes? <laughs> no, but that is. A there is a two happy... deads in our name. <laughs> it's a happy coincidence. Um, yeah it's all fun and, and good it is and you guys i mean again because what you do and how you present yourselves you can tell there's a lot of fun with it and, and how mm -hmm. you present you know and it's it's great and you you get that following and you, you've mentioned a couple times now that you have the dead corpse and mm -hmm. uh, can you talk about them a little bit um they are uh the coolest people um also just very supportive um supportive that's of your us, fan group right yeah um supportive of each other um we we had people pretty early on and you know after coming to show number two with x's on their eyes um and yeah i mean there is something really fun about <laughs> sorry <laughs> normally we have one of our dogs bark during the podcast <laughs> continue the dead course yeah well you know like we we found it was so like kind of powerful and fun to put X's on our eyes. And, and like, whenever they go to do that, like, I think they see that too. It's like, we're in a new, it's like, they've, they've changed a little bit, or at least for the moment, um, or like Halloween or something, you know, but it's July. And, um, so they enjoy that, but we've all kind of become friends with each other. There's new members and they all just kind of bring them in and get them up to speed. And, um, you basically, they know that when they go to a dead dead show even if they go solo um that they will have a group of friends there um so you basically can't go to a dead dead show alone <laughs> um and i think that's that's part of it that's great i mean that that really makes people feel included and like it is a cool thing for your fan base to kind of have a good name and they've got you know they can they can wear the x's and do things to be yeah. part of the crowd you know yeah i like it yeah. It's fun. Jason. That's my excuse for everything. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> is it that part of the show? I believe so. So Daisy, towards the end, one thing we like to do is a lightning round with all of our guests where it's just some uh -oh. quick, short, fun questions to answer. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Dude. Okay. Don't overthink. Don't overthink. Um, what is the first album you ever bought? I think it was Blondie. It was an anthology though. It wasn't parallel lines. It was like a double CD. It was either that, or maybe at the same time of, uh, of the cranberries, oh. that one, why is everybody talking but you or whatever? Yeah. The name of that um, <laughs> yeah, I know the first one with linger and dreams and all that. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. I remember that one. It was 94, maybe 93, 95. I don't know. I think I was yeah. in college. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is your first music performance you've ever given? Um, the first music performance I've ever given. You mean yeah. like that I performed? Yeah, yeah. Maybe? It was a choir um, band, a, a rock it band. Was a, I guess it must have been a piano recital. Okay. Um, and I don't. I was maybe eight or nine ish, 
something in there. How long did you play piano or take piano lessons? Uh, for like eight years, I guess. -ish. Okay, so a lot <laughs> of recitals. Count, I didn't count them, but. Do you yeah. remember what your first piece was called? I do, I do remember that. Um, it was um, The Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know the song. My, my piano teacher had assigned it to me and it, it was a hit on the radio, but I didn't yeah. really. Karate Kid 2 soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And so I learned it. One of the first songs, actually, did you ask what the recital piece was or my first song I learned? Whatever, yeah, your recital piece or song, whatever. The first songs I learned were actually on a Casio keyboard, which was just a gift. This is how I got started playing piano is they, it was just like a toy, but then I took to it and learned, I learned green sleeves when it was my very first song. Yeah. And then, but also it gave you, um, we don't need another hero. Oh my gosh. Holiday by Madonna and against all the odds. So you're doing soundtrack <laughs> singles right off the bat. Those are the four songs that came included with the Casio keyboard. Wow. And yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> impressive. Impressive. I have a backstory with the Karate Kid. We don't have time to get into, but one day, <laughs> one day, maybe. I've, okay. I've been in a music video with all the Karate Kid cast members. And wow. you know, I know Billy Zapka. Go to YouTube okay. and do Sweep the Leg um, by No More Kings. And Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell is also in it. Ah, cool! Yeah, I helped with the the treatment, and we got to go out there and be a part of the the video with Mr. Zapka on as his request. So yeah, wow, wow, yeah. behind the scenes stuff, all cool. sorts of crazy stuff. We won't, but this is about you, so we won't get into me. <laughs> What's the first <laughs> concert you ever went to? Uh, first concert, um, like proper concert with tickets and stuff, was New Kids on the Block. Oh ah. my god. I'm going to have to tell my wife that was like her band and thing. And she just saw new kids on the block like two years ago with like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany yeah. and salt and Peppa. So. Yeah. I switched. Ooh. I was, my favorite was Jordan at the time. Oh. And I switched to Danny because he was a better dancer. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Who is your favorite? Yeah. It changed to Danny. Um, cause he was a better dancer, but I, I wasn't even a fan. It was a Christmas gift. Um, it, you know, same thing with the Casio. There's a point where it's like, we don't know what these kids want. Um, and I think one of my mom's friends was like, the girls, they like new kids on the block these days, just so they like gave us a bunch of posters and stuff that year. But I got the tickets because I was the oldest. Um, but my sister really was a fan and I was not graceful or gracious enough to give her the tickets. I, I kept them. Oh, I went. wow. Yeah, I know I should have. And I, I feel really bad. Um, but then she got her first concert um, was Rod Stewart. So she really won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you ask me or Brian, we probably prefer Rod Stewart over New Kids on Block, but we're not yeah. gonna, we're not gonna judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was she she won out there. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your favorite concert you've ever gone to? Um last night grunge night <laughs> when I nice. performed with the drummer Miles McPherson who is a beast um and it was really amazing so I'm still high off that um but uh another favorite would be any one of the Hailstorm and Stone Sour shows um that we were on tour with any Hailstorm show mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think outside of all that I've seen her um, perform with Tom Kiefer on like on YouTube and I'm and Brian and I are big Cinderella fans and Tom Kiefer fans yeah. Oh my God. Brandy Carlisle at the Ryman. Ooh. That nice. was a really amazing one. 
hailstorm at the Ryman. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a favorite, but yeah, as far as like that, I'm not at all connected to, and I bought my own ticket and went to Brandy, most recently, Brand, the Brandy Carlisle, the Ryman was, and that was really right before COVID hit too. So it was like, you know, there was times I would remember, I, I would hear, listen to that record and just, it made me cry. Cause I was like, <laughs> all the venues are going down and music is gone forever, you know, but it wasn't anyway. Yeah. So staying on kind of that theme during all this downtime, when you couldn't go to shows, you couldn't play shows. Is there any concert that you stream on YouTube or something that would kind of keep you going and make you remember and happy about live music? I didn't have a lot of that, but um, I did start to develop more of an appreciation for um, live records. Mm -hmm. um, there's a Velvet Underground record, the Live at Max's Kansas City, um, that I had on on tape. So I always I liked it. I've always loved it. But um, listening to it, like walking in the park during quarantine, just the live. There's mm -hmm. a lot of cool like table talk. That one was recorded with just like a. Um, like a cassette recorder at a table just in the little venue there and so you get a lot of crosstalk like can you get me a drink and um it, that just felt really good and what's another like live a pulp you know that song uh, common people i know the band pulp i'm not familiar with the song um it's one of the best songs there ever was but um they also have a live version i would always skip it's like on this at the end of the record. I love that record of, of theirs. Um, and then there's like bonus tracks now in Apple that start playing. And I, wow. I would always just go back to the beginning. I don't want to hear the bonus tracks. I like this record as is. <laughs> I don't want this extra stuff. Um, but then I accidentally listened to the bonus tracks and those live performances are really great too. And it's just to hear the cheering and and some of the subtle differences in the live performances. I usually hate that, but uh, quarantine made me appreciate that more very cool that's, that's great I mean I'm a big fan of like listening to live stuff because I like the non-perfection things you know when you hear them. yeah I don't usually or I didn't before I think maybe my tastes have changed but I didn't before because they would stress me out on their behalf <laughs> I was like oh like they're gonna listen to this and they're gonna feel bad about it and it's it's, so I, would get in, I would get I would get in their, in their head for them and feel bad on their behalf. All right. Next question. Brian and I <laughs> are coming into Nashville. Give us a place you'd recommend for us to eat. To eat what are, do you have any, uh, vet or dietary restrictions? Pretend like anything's on the table. Tell us, what do you recommend? Well, one of the things that you're going to be recommended, probably, uh, especially on the plane, the plane magazine is probably going to tell you to go to Prince's Hot Chicken, hot chicken. or some kind yep. of hot chicken. <laughs> There's Bolton's that's over here in East Nashville. And that I think is the better one, especially if you're going to, there's, they do a hot fish. That's definitely superior. Ooh, nice. Um, there's a five points pizza here and, and, and five points is really great. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a cool a area, by the way, five points is I've walked through it before. Yeah, there is. There's a restaurant right across the street from it called um, the Treehouse, which is excellent and kind of low key, but just really amazing food. Um, but there's there's lots of stuff. Don't worry about it. Oh, for sure. Brian, I think J.D. Simo um, recommended. Did he recommend Prince's? I know he recommended a hot chicken place. Sounded one familiar, of, yeah. And somebody drove a car through one, I remember, as well as part of his story. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> 
Patty B's is very popular and yeah. there's an extremely long line. And that's the more commercial. And I think that's what JD said. Don't go to that one. Yeah, it's not worth it. Do you know JD? JD Wilkes? JD Simo. Oh, no. Okay. He's a. I'm like, JD Wilkes of the Shack no. Shakers. <laughs> that's one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's the freaking Shack Shakers. Do you know who the that Shack is? Shakers. I've heard of them. Yeah. They're rockabilly. Oh, my God. I haven't seen wow. them in years, but that is some of the best stuff. And speaking of rockabilly, I just saw another uh, band. We toured or we did some road dates i don't know a whole tour but with a band called uh, hillbilly casino and the lead singer of that um his name is nick roulette he has a new band called the beat creeps and i went and saw them and i think that was my first proper rock show out mm -hmm. um at this place called the Springwater, and just knocked my socks off it's so good huh. yeah rockabilly shows are so much my fun. band started out as a rockabilly band but mm -hmm. it's because the guys who found a rock we turned into an, a, a rock americana style thing because okay. you know but I learned a lot of rock, about rockabilly, and I'm not sure familiar with the Shake Shackers. But I'll, I'll, what Shake Shackers? Shack Shakers. Shack Shake. <laughs> the Shack Shakers. I will bring it up to the dudes, and I'll check it out too. That sounds cool. Some of the best stuff. Shack Shakers. And I don't. I don't even know recorded. I, I, I'm. I'm ruining it because you just got to see him live. He's insane. He is one of the best front people that ever was born. I'm sure we can find him on YouTube and check him out, like some of the live stuff. Yeah it's yeah I, i'm now i just i'm i'm missing them i don't know when they're gonna play again hmm. hopefully <laughs> soon staying in nashville what's the what's the best place to go see a show in nashville there's so many um i mean basement east but i was just yeah, at basement east and yeah. i've been there like i think that's where it's, it's like my new home second home at this point um the spring water is a really fun place it's small the five spots a great place um downtown in the honky tonks you've got roberts and layla's which are the mm -hmm. more um uh, traditional i guess and you've got like the dancing um but there's several other honky tonks um that are good also turning the stuff and, up and down broad street on that sort of you know yeah yeah um it's not i don't think it exists anymore but there's a, where we recorded our live record is called the cowan which is attached to top golf which mm. for my my kind of attitude before we played there i was like top golf a venue attached to that but it had like it was excellent whoever designed it and had all got all the gear tuned up just right it was such a great place to play and they i think they got hit by the tornado and i don't know that they're they're gonna come out of it but there's hmm. a lot of great places here and new places opening all the time we're playing at the brooklyn bowl which apparently is awesome yeah i haven't, I haven't been there yet i don't think I, I think it's just post quarantine that they've had shows um and that's and, with candle box right yeah with candle candle box. Box on that one yeah yeah so you guys are gonna have I, fun kevin seems like a really just a good dude we again we had him on the podcast he's he seems he's does a lot of like um activists like he seems like a good guy yes yeah he does i feel really good about it um when we got the offer i kind of put the word out or not the word but the question out to some people like do you know anything about Candlebox? did y'all did y'all ever tour with Candlebox? and all i heard back was either i have no idea or awesome dudes yeah. i didn't have anything negative at all I've seen them live a bunch of times, like, and they've always put on a good show. So I think you guys will do great supporting them and it'll make me go real well, but you'll also enjoy the personalities and, and watch yeah. them play. Yeah. I think we'll get along. Um, I don't usually like everybody's so busy. Like, I don't know how much we'll get to hang out or not. Sure. Uh, we may make fast friends and hang out all the time, or maybe just briefly have a couple 
dinners, <laughs> but either way, I think, I think it's a great match. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> It'll, you'll have a good time. Um, yeah. What's one favorite artist or group that you guys have played with? Ask, you, ask that again. Which one, which one favorite artist or group that you've played with? So who the dead daisies played with that you're like, that's my favorite, like that I played with. Uh, I, that's really hard, but I, I, I've just, since we get asked that question and I, I hate to pick favorites, but I'm going to stick with Hailstorm. Okay. Um, I love them. I love them all. Um, they're all super fun and cool. They gave us our first tour. They showed us the ropes. Um, they continue to support us. And aside from that, like they put on an amazing show. They make a point to do, to just leave it all on the stage, to leave everybody just, you know, sweaty and, and exhausted by the end in a good way. And so you can't go wrong with the Hillstrom show. Very good, very good. Um, who is an artist or group you'd play with if given the chance? And this can be anybody throughout history. <laughs> um, you can resurrect the dead and play the Cheryl dead. Crow? The dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, come on, Cheryl. Are you, are you listening? Um, I don't know. I don't think in those terms. So that that my brain is not giving me an answer. I don't know. You're not saying, Maybe oh, it would be the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or the Ramones or... I don't know. Um, I, I mentioned Velvet Underground. That'd be cool to meet yeah, them. Hang sure. Out. Hang out with Lou, have some all sorts of weird conversations. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like, because I guess I'm already thinking, I'm probably overthinking the question because like, I don't know if those people are actually cool. You know, they say like, you don't want to meet your idols or whatever. And so this would be like, like, Hey, we're going to go play a show and be on stage with this band. Not, not necessarily like be friends with them. How's that? I don't know. I don't care. That doesn't matter. I don't you'll play with anybody anytime. You don't just as long as you're playing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't really. I mean, I'm excited. So with Cannonball coming up, I'm excited to get to play bigger. I'm excited to get to see their show yeah. 20 times. Mm -hmm. um, and I am excited to be in front of that many people um, that we get to share our stuff with and to get to be in those cities and to get to be in those venues. But um, I guess I don't think of it as being on stage with them because they're, they're literally not on right. stage. Like it's our time when we're on stage and it's their time when they're on stage. So I don't feel a sense of ownership of their show. And I don't feel like that they're really a part of our show unless we make them, you know, we may have a thing where he comes on stage and does a duet or something. We've worked that out before with other people. That would like, be cool. The Seether tour, we, we worked that out a couple for a few times. Um, Meta and um, Sean did shoot now i can't oh, i've my brain um but yeah they they did a duet um at some shows where the were time permitted and that was a really cool moment um but yeah it's it, I, I don't know that's that's my answer i have no idea <laughs> what what's a song you'd wish you've written to yourself like you listen to it, you're like man i would have loved to have written that song um uh maybe some leonard cohen songs i don't know i also don't i don't think that way that's nothing off that pulp album yeah the common people that's an excellent song um i don't think it never occurs to me like i wish that i had written it though like they wrote it it's, i i'm not a part you don't of ever it hear a song it's, it's like man that it. song is so good i god i wish i'd written that song no i i have just where that song is so good period like i don't feel mm. like and then you're I much too I'm nice you're never gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah 
I, I don't put myself in, I mean, I'll put myself in the story maybe, you know, to yeah. appreciate the thing, but not like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not how my brain works. Sorry. Okay. I'll tell you what, your opinion, what's the best song that Dead Deads have ever written? Oh, I think one of my favorite, it's just a favorite right now, um, is, is, uh, and now I've already changed. Um, I can't say, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, out of the sky is one that I really like. I, cause it's, it's got a lot of kind of space kind of stuff, but it's, it's also got some relationship stuff. Um, and then it's got some pr- musically, it's got like some prog pieces and, and it's pretty and it's just as weird as it could possibly be and we're getting away with it <laughs> I like that or I guess the singles like the in for blood I really like that we are getting away with doing like a weird time signature <laughs> I like that you're going prog now a little bit yeah nice one of my favorite bands is blue oyster cult which there I don't you know go. If that's prog but uh, I think they do Brian make a make a ruling on that you're the music judge <laughs> sure why not if Daisy says it, it's true. Yeah, it's like prog adjacent, but I think prog people are like, no, it's not prog enough or something. I don't know. So during quarantine, a lot of people obviously were stuck at home. Is did you pick up on a streaming movie or series that you can recommend to us? Well, Ted Lasso season two comes out tomorrow. Which I I'm heard. Really I've not seen season one yet, but I've heard good things about Ted Lasso. Oh, I like Jason is, Sudeikis, not just because will. of his name. Yeah, you will. Um, you will only regret the time you wasted not having seen it yet. Um, watch it immediately. I just watched. Um, I started it and then dropped it for some reason. Um, Tales from the Loop. That was really cool. Oh, is um, <laughs> is that Netflix on that? Is it Netflix, Amazon, I, somebody? I might have been Prime. I okay, yeah. Prime. All right. It's on Prime. Yeah. I'll have. I'll have it. But I'll check out Ted Lasso because I know. The, the kids in my house somebody's going to have access to apple TV. i know they do it's just so good do. i got apple tv just for that just because there were so many people recommending it and best five bucks i ever spent i think we got a free trial with something or, or mm-hmm. our data plan on phone i don't know i have to ask my wife my wife or my kids will know these things i don't know anything yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's great y'all will love it Okay, well, I have a couple quick last questions for you and then one a little bit longer one. So give us a guilty pleasure song or artist that we'd be surprised to, to hear that you like. A guilty pleasure. Uh, oh, oh, um, one thing I've just, I continue to be obsessed with um, is the movie and the soundtrack of uh, Streets of Fire. Do you guys know um, about that? Yeah, I just saw it on uh, Netflix not too long ago. You just watched it? Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. I'd never even heard of it. It's it's insane. What did you think? It's in, I liked it, but it's insane in a good way. But it had all these. Um, it's an '80s movie, right? Like an eight, late yeah. '80s movie, and it's um, oh god, the bad guy was uh, Willem was Dafoe. Wa- Willem Dafoe. There, I was gonna say Christopher Willem Dafoe. Yes, and it's like futuristic, but yet retro at the same time, and like it was uh. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So some of the songs, and they sound like they're kind of ripping off other songs. Like, did you ever That's get the like point. the heart, total eclipse of the heart? Kind yeah, of? yeah. Okay, so turns out uh, the songwriter of two of those songs, so the, basically the big opener and the big closing song, he wrote total eclipse of the heart and he wrote for meatloaf. And so oh. that is his thing. 
Um, so he wasn't ripping anything off. He was just doing his thing. Got that rock opera. It's, it's a weird plot. It's like this ex-police officer comes back in town, has to save his ex-girlfriend, who's a rock ex-soldier. star. Ex-soldier. From ex-soldier, who's saved the rock star who got abducted by a gang during a concert. And like, it's the whole. <laughs> yes. I've watched it like five times. I just watched it for the first time like three weeks ago. And I just can't stop thinking and about the it female lead the singer and i can't remember her she's famous diane well. lane diane lane that's right who diane lane in the 80s was playing like rock stars because yeah she was in um the fabulous stains yes. which is another really good uh movie yeah it's just it's just crazy it's it's all the stuff um it's over the top you've for some reason there's a part where there's like oh, it's over the top <laughs> some dancing and and, and like naked dancing and like I don't know all this different stuff. Oh, there's a um, at the end, right? Um, Willem Dafoe and the the good guy uh, fight with um, sledgehammers. Yes. For some yeah. reason, they decide they have all these guns or, or their own knuckles and stuff. Well, but they're the like, police, no, everybody's we... surrounding them. The townspeople surround them. They fight with sledgehammers. Yeah, they just, they're like, we brought something special for this fight, and they yeah, they hand the the good guy a, a sledgehammer, and then they go at it. Um, <laughs> it. It doesn't make any sense, and the good guy um was Michael the, something I can't remember his name his first name's Michael that's all I know like in real life the actor's name well and the the love story if you could call it that is that he and the and Diane Lane like dated but he they broke up because she was becoming more successful in the music and he just couldn't handle that and at the end it was like I think it maybe even implied that they had sex, but they at least kiss. I think they, and they were in a bed in a scene, like laying next to each other. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. 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 And then, 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 like, just cut to the concert. Yay, everything's yeah. fine. Um, and he's like, I can't if it, I can't be the guy that just carries your guitars around. But if you need me for anything, call me. If you need me to rescue you from a gang. I need, I need you to carry my guitars. Maybe like I don't need. <laughs> he's. I don't know. It's. I love it. And I love those, especially those meet, Simon Well, songs. they meet a, a legit band on the bus and they play a song on the stage at the end, a famous, yeah. it was a hit single. And I can't remember what it is now. I can dream about you. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's right. Like the whole, they literally perform that whole song, like at the end of, end of the movie. The whole song. And then turns out, because I keep just like digging into all this, the video to that song, they just have... Uh, that performance from the movie, they have the clip from the movie on they a TV. They should. It's a video. Bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just, it's so See, good. See, I've seen it. I've seen it. I can't remember all I the details pushing, as well as you. I don't think I've succeeded at getting anybody else to watch this. Uh, I've, I've been telling everybody, messaging, like everybody on Instagram. I'm like. Brian Day Night with their wife watched Streets of Fire. Yeah, nobody's doing it, but they'll they'll be sad when Netflix drops it, but. <laughs> it's it's the greatest yeah, you might be the only other person i've ever known who's seen that movie i didn't know it existed it feels like it and i've said this but like it feels like something happened with our timeline where it yes. didn't exist before and now it exists because it's old but it's you've it's, never heard of it <laughs> and it's a big budget it's the reason it is, is. flop, and so it didn't make yeah. it onto vcrs it, it wasn't at your video you couldn't rent it at the video store um because it was such a big i mean flop. there's clearly money in it like this the um sets and everything and the cost i mean everything's not low budget yeah big name rick moranis <laughs> um, oh that's right rick moranis is like the manager of diane lane or something and yes. boyfriend or something i don't know yes 
it's a huge, it was a huge, big budget. Um, and so it, you're treated to all the goodness that a big budget movie would have had, especially in the eighties. Um, but then it didn't go anywhere. And so now it's like just this fresh drop of content for us here <laughs> well, in 2021. I found out about it because I was scrolling, you know, it's like things that you may like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I watch weird shit that I get yelled yeah. at for watching. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like ran across it, you know, how if you pause for a second and like auto starts auto playing stuff, I'm like, what the shit is this? This looks like insane. So I'm like, I'm going to watch it. And I was yeah. right. It was insane, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's really hard to like really get, it's not so bad that it's good because it's also good, but right. it's also bad. And then it's like, eh, whatever, you just have to watch it. The and- music is good. Like it's, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's random it's really random like one of the things remember that weird like leather thing that um willem dafoe was wearing yeah, yeah. the mm. the weird coveralls just out of nowhere like i don't know it was amazing <laughs> i love it <laughs> and that's why we have these lightning round questions because you never know <laughs> what's gonna happen pleasure. <laughs> that's a really good guilty pleasure i I'm sure that you have the soundtrack. Is it, is it streaming anywhere? Yeah, it's just on Apple. That's what All I All right, use. well. Yeah, it's there. All right. I mean, I guess I'm watching Ted Lasso and I'm streaming uh, Streets of Fire. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, two other quick questions or two, one quick question, one long question. I understand if we contact the band on social media, you're the one that gives out your dead dead's name. Is this correct? That is correct. Uh, I'm behind. Sometimes I can do them quick and sometimes I like three months later finally come well, up with one but yeah <laughs> i think brian and i deserve a dead dead's name so what would you call us i absolutely don't do them on the spot <laughs> oh so we have to contact you on twitter or instagram that and like and fortunately i get you guys at least have some kind of i, I know a little bit about you sometimes people with like an egg and numbers or whatever and they mean gotcha. well and they're real humans so i'm not dogging them and they're being private and personal total respect but i don't know what to name you if i don't have anything well to go my, on. my twitter handle is godfather table press and it has all stuff to do with zapka and stuff i did in the 2000s which led to that okay. but, my, but you see my picture with my wife on there so you'll know it's me okay i can name so brian could be fargo dad i feel pretty good we have not given that <laughs> yeah fargo it's a good description of fargo musically speaking <laughs> fargo dead so you go dead Sorry, Jason. I can't, I, I'm going to have to get you a better okay, one. Okay. Well, I will. I will reach out to you the way that everybody else is expected okay. to. Brian, did you have a question? <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Because will that work? Because I'm happy to read your request to join Dead Dead's Dead Corpse has been approved. So I'm in a <laughs> Facebook fan group. So do I have to make an alias to? No, you don't have to. <laughs> I could. Does. I'd like to. And but I... you, you're more than welcome to it. Just add to the fun. <laughs> But don't, um, no pressure. Well, I got to, before Jason's last two questions, I have a question as bass player. And earlier when you heard that clip, I, that was you guys. But I wanted to ask you, what's your bass rig and what's your gear and, and what, what bass do you have and would like to have? And because I watched that clip, I saw jazz bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I play either a jazz bass or I've got a P bass of a, flower with the with daisies on it it's really cool um uh and so i'll play on on either one of those i've got a, a red 
jazz bass um and a blonde one and there's another one isn't there <laughs> maybe not i feel like i'm i'm looking right now at my uh i've got a hofner artist bass and a uh a, wow a hofner club bass gold label um and i think that's it i'm not a huge gearhead i also have a um just recently got um a five string acoustic bass um that i didn't really do anything with i thought i was going to need it and then i just borrowed another person's because it was there we all ended up just using that one and <laughs> um and as far as like my rig i i'm on an orange um so i've got just like a 410 nice. um cabinet with a what's the 500 watt tiny tear Mm -hmm. okay. um and even and my pedal board's really simple it's just the tuner pedal and um a muff like but for bass or yeah. like a tiny i think it's called the nano or whatever um but i'm not a huge gearhead good on the orange stuff i just switched from box to orange on my amplification um i like it. it's good rock sound and our bass player uses a muff pedal at the same time they're really cool yeah yeah they're great like i think so i'm a believer in in good quality gear you may as well go ahead and get the good stuff because mm -hmm. you're going to wish you had it anyway and it's like a waste of money to get the cheaper one a lot of times if you think you're going to be doing anything with it um you may as well get good gear but i'm not necessarily a big on um quantities of gear all right or cool. even i actually don't shop at all like i'm not really looking for gear it's i'm happy with what i've got um and it works it's great you know my rig is a tank um and it served me well. And so I'm loyal to it. <laughs> Very right. good. Very good. Well, my last question before I throw it over to Brian to close us out is a little bit longer. Give us a good tour story, something that sticks out in your mind. Good, bad, funny, doesn't matter. Um, A good tour story. As soon as I said that, something popped in your mind. What was it? It didn't. It did. Actually, if, if you see my face it, it was the opposite it was my brain <laughs> completely clearing itself of all memory um a good tour story um i guess i'll i'll try to stick to hailstorm um i don't well i will I say if a crime has been committed do not use our names and use allegedly we do not want to get sued yeah <laughs> um no we we haven't really we're, we're not big crime doers <laughs> not you you might have observed something no we haven't really observed much of that either um you definitely don't know jd simo then no <laughs> <laughs> throw it back to the jd simo yeah. episode um ah uh, you know it's funny it, it's a lot of work out there so it's there aren't a whole lot of stories that that come up or, or it's, or it's the type of story, like where you had to be there, mm -hmm. but most of the time on tour, you're driving, um, or riding or sleeping or loading in or sound checking, performing. And then we run our merch, um, and kind of meet and greet and, and running merch and then counting that up, counting the money, packing up, getting back in the van. So, um, as much, and that's all enough fun. Um, so you don't really get into too many hijinks. Um, I finally did think of one um, on the Canada tour um, with the group we were with. We had the sound guy, we had um, Dragon Dead, um, Dave. We discovered he was he was a, such a great driver, especially through the snow and stuff. And, and 
one of his techniques for getting through it was really scary it was like no visibility and he's just Mm. like you know going on through it um is he would put on really chill kind of like trip hop or like ambient kind of music which a little bit at first it was like is is that going to put you to sleep and it didn't it just kept him calm and somehow we found out that he was not aware of the band enigma which you guys probably oh yeah i remember enigma in the 90s early 2000s right and it blew our minds because it's like he would totally and he's really into like all the stuff he's really like very extremely knowledgeable about music and stuff so it was like this is a weird blind spot for him and so then we played that um yeah 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 they were singing like a foreign language or something weren't they the chorus yeah i don't know what they were doing but you know it was it's it's a fun song and we finally played it for him and it kind of became like the band's theme song we had from there on we would just every now and then um either in tense times or just to break the ice or monotony or something we were just one of us would start singing that song and we'd all sing it together and group hug and (laughs) that's just a small little moment but that's fun that's a good story and that's what we're looking for um yeah you know just something that sticks out that's fun we've had fist fights with ted nugent's managers walking in on orgies we've had all like drunken high german people walking into to um you know rooms hotel rooms we've had all sorts of stuff I mean, we, we, they're hot, <laughs> relatively, especially when you compared to the stories anyway, there hasn't, there's not as much partying going on these days um, with bands. Like, I mean, drinking and stuff, but people not really getting into trouble or yeah. especially like fights or. Well, it doesn't even have to be I'm trouble. Like either that or I'm not invited to that room. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin told us about going to dinner with David Bowie. So you could, if you get a chance to chat with him, I'll bring that up. Yeah. Well, I, it, I mean, and then again, at the same time, it's all tour stories. So like, like on the cruises, like, um, you know, you're up at all hours and there's, and you've got like, um, what is it? Like the, there was a karaoke thing. This was a, a fun moment where, um, on motorboat, I guess, um, the lead singer of Anthrax was singing, um, oh. don't stop believing. I read <laughs> oh that. <my> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like, yeah, it was incredible. Oh my God, Anthrax. God, I used to listen to those guys in like junior high and high school. So good. I carry Scott Ian's um, pick in my... He just seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he is really cool. They're all cool. All of them are cool. They're all cool and laid back for the most part. Well, Daisy, Daisy Dead from the Dead Mm -hmm. Deads. Thank you for, thank you for being on the podcast today. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate your time on here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jogging those memories. <laughs> Streets of Fire. Watch our recommendation. <laughs> Daisy's Picks. Streets of Fire on Netflix. Yeah, That's don't worry about pleasure. our stuff. Just skip over and tell your girls are all right. Just go straight to Streets of Fire. <laughs> uh, where do we go to find your music, find tour dates, order more merchandise? Where do, where do we go? Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. All, all the places we're talking about it all the time. Um, and on YouTube, we've got videos out with Corey Taylor and then our freshest one, which is first tooth, um, and more to come. Very good. And I know you are very active on Instagram. We've had some conversations over there. So thank you very much, Brian. All right. Thank you so much to Daisy Dead from the Dead Deads for joining us on which this will be our 50th episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you. balloons to drop down from the sky. Woo! Congratulations. It, it is our 50th episode, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to uh, being in, staying in contact with you and having you again on, have you on again sometime. Yes. Yes, please. All right. Thank you so much. And if you could just hang out for a couple minutes when we're done, that would yeah. be great. All right. Thank you, Daisy Dead from the Dead Deads. Thank you. Well, thank you very much to Daisy Dead from the Dead Deads for talking to us. I had a blast. Uh, she's very beaming and warm and Super radiates cool. light and cool and positivity and, and you know, f- you know, a f- very friendly vibe. It's so like talking to an old friend, like, <laughs> you know, we always do a chat um, with everybody, all the guests before we start recording, just to go over stuff and kind of just get familiar and like, right off the bat with her i'm like this is not going to be an issue like just it just you know is very comfortable <laughs> yeah it's so cool because um i think it's like a similarity i can draw between them and and jane lee hooker was like on stage they're just like super powerful and just like you know intimidating almost. yeah well i don't know about intimidating but just like crazy energy and just like yeah. super heavy and i'm like and, and, and I'm going to admit this is like really silly, you know, before both those interviews, I'm going, man, are they going to be like Courtney Love in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, just right. they're all just the sweetest, most wonderful, friendly people that you'll ever meet. Um, yeah, just cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. You know, and um, like one, what I really like is, and you talked about it on the intro, is they're very positive. They have their their dedicated fan base who they really have to give other people a sense of camaraderie and family when they go to the shows. So she even said, hey, if somebody goes by themselves, they know they're always going to have this other group of very positive people to go and hang out with that's accepting. I think that is super cool. I mean, I just love that idea. You know, when we... And I'm not going to say if, when we have them on again, uh, I want to go deeper into how how that all started. Because I saw a little snippet on another interview and I'd like to like go deeper on it, you know. Um, but I think maybe, I don't know, if part of it is just like, you know, these days the promotion tends to be DIY. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, like Blackberry Smoke said, you know, when they're, you know, they got a DVD from 2014 somewhere in North Carolina and Charlie well, leave said, a star live in North Carolina. Yeah, and he said, fantastic. you know, we, we decided early on we're going to be a fans band. And it just seems like everybody is like that now. Everybody, you know, the Georgia Thunderbolts got the strikers and um, very cool that, uh, you know, these bands have, you know, a fan club that's family. So uh, for the Dead Deads, they have the Dead Core. The Dead Core, and you could sign up to be part of the Dead Core. You can even ask Daisy Dead to give you your very own Dead Core dead name. And Mr. Fargo Dead over here has a name. I'm still waiting on mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they like usually ask on social media, but I, I, <laughs> we were chatting, and I'm like, I was waiting until the end to tell her. I'm like, well, I just you know requested membership for your fan club. Is you have been accepted into the Dead Core? You know fan club of the dead deads and she goes well you'll be fargo dead <laughs> i think you said first like you know do we get names and i got fargo dead so got fargo i'm still waiting on mine they're gonna have to you know after our lightning round and our connection on the the, <laughs> the cult flop streets of fire i'm you know maybe i'm streets of fire dead who knows there you go 
And that's one of my favorite things about doing that lightning round and asking different questions really outside of music is we always find a good conversation piece with our guest outside of it. And this just happened to be a really, really random 80s movie that I think Daisy and I might have been the only people who have ever seen it mm-hmm. um, and to be able to talk about it. I'll have to Street watch to that fire. sometime. I you do should. think... I do think that people have come up with their own name. I think you just have to like accept whatever they give you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe sure. she'll name you the character of the movie or something. Yeah, m- maybe, maybe as long <laughs> as it's not the uh, Willem Dafoe character, but <laughs> maybe the Rick Moranis character. I don't know, but so funny that we got on a discussion about streets of fire. And that, that was one of the things I really took away and listen, Daisy was great. Super cool. Um, man, I don't know what else to say. I dig the band. I'm glad. Uh, we ran into them. Uh, they're super cool. Follow them on social media. Really good Instagram pages, um, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, they're very responsive. A lot of cool, interesting stuff. They're all three of them are really artsy, so they all have kind of their own mm-hmm. own things going on. So definitely check them out. But like, let the the music really speaks for itself. Brian, what do you think? For sure, and you know, for a three piece band, they have such an enormous sound, but yeah, simple it's full, you know, it doesn't with three people, it doesn't feel like it's sound or sound like it's missing anything either. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's right. very full sound. And, you know, I think that's kind of picked up on the bass playing. Uh, Daisy plays very melodically within the song. There's only one guitar player now. So they're just doing more, you know, rhythmic chords. The drum, I think it all works really well in like the poppy uh, harmony, hooky stuff from their new album. Uh, Tell your girls it's all right. Um, it's awesome. I can't wait for the whole, the full album to come out. It's oh, coming too. out August 20th, which is a day after my birthday. So nice. I'm, I'm going to ask for the album for my birthday. Nice. Yeah. You know, um, you know, they've, they're in a three piece now and in the past, they've been a four piece, a five piece. And, you know, I forgot to ask them that if there's always going to be a three piece, but I'm okay with that. If that's the case, I mean, it just, well, when we have them on again, you'll get the chance to ask that. Yes, we will. Yes, I will. You will. We will. We all will. Until then, Southern Rock is reverent. Blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Sleeping with a time bomb attached to my brain. I laid right down the top of it, but I felt no pain. Jumping in line for the suffering Pants said pretty words about my hopes and dreams I wished on shiny stuff for the fun of things I gone to waste But it gave me a taste for the suffering And over and over until you die
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.